0: Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. And so, I asked God, so what should I talk about? And this is what came to my head. yeah so I cut it off sorry yeah and and i 'm um, not actually a huge Beatles fan, but um, I, I thought it was interesting as i was I was looking for um, video to play that um, they said it 's easy, and um, I thought, oh, yeah, love is easy hmm not, i haven 't experienced love being that easy and um the other thing that uh, as, the, as I was looking at the song, I was I was thinking about music, and I actually did tried to do a little research and Do you know that they don 't even know how many songs were actually written about love because that many songs have been written about love and and just as many have been written about love, they 've written a lot about heartache <laughs> and how people don 't love each other so well and and how people fall out of love and and so um, so I, so I started going, okay, well, if, we, if all you need is love, we should probably look at the author of love and find out what the Bible has to say about love. And so, um, um, so I started digging into the Bible, and I learned a little something along the way, and I want to pass this on to you. Um, the Bible, when it was written, original Old Testament was written in Hebrew, because that's the language that the, the people use. And so um, in the Old Testament, if you look up... Now, I, I did a search on a specific... Um, I, I do research on Esword. That's what Cameron recommended. So I was doing this whole search. And in the Old Testament, the first time the, word, the actual... What we use is love. Um, now, the Hebrew word is different. The first time it's used is um, not until Genesis 27, which I thought that was interesting because I would have expected it a lot sooner. And it's when Isaac... Tells Esau to make him a stew that he loves. I thought, really? The first time it's all about eating? <laughs> which could explain a lot. But, um, so then I looked a little further and figured out that love est, which is kind of a different word, but was used actually in Genesis 22. And I couldn't find anything sooner. That doesn't mean it's not there. But I couldn't find anything earlier than Genesis 22. And the, um, the reference is when Abraham, God tells Abraham, take the son whom you love and sacrifice him. And I thought, wow. So, but if you go on to, um, and I went and, and looked up all the different variations of the word love, and um, there's all these different, Oh, Mark's gone. So all these different Hebrew words, and I'm not going to slaughter them for you because <laughs> there's all different kinds that mean different things. Like one means um, affection, um, and one means to be a friend, and then there's another one that says um, compassion, and then there's another word that's translated mercy. So there's like ten different words, and each of them are used. Like one of them's used 22 times, and one of them's used. 36 times, and one of them is used 212 times. But one of them is um, the Hebrew word, and it's M-I-N, and it means out of, out of, or because of. And that kind of love, because of love, is used 7,524 times in the Old Testament. And that is the reference that God uses when out of my love, I'm bringing you to me. I'm calling Israel back to me. That love, he talks about it seven thousand times. So now, the, so the Hebrews had ten different, you know, ten different words that actually describe what we only have one for. So we go to the New Testament, and they um, wrote it in Greek because that was the common language, and so everything was written in Greek. And the Greeks actually have four. Different kinds of words for love, and one is called "storage," um, and that is the word that it talks about families. So you know, you love your daughter, you love your you know your parents, or th- that kind of love. And then there's eros, which we all we've heard of because of the Greek gods. But um, that one talks about passion and desire. And then there's philia, which is brotherly love, like Philadelphia, and um, and then there's agape love. And agape love is the one that God uses. It's the unconditional love. And um, in the in the New Testament, storage as family love and eros as passion is not even used. It's only philia and agape. Now, there is one little reference that's kind of an offshoot of eros, which is, he's talking about my beloved um, uh, friend, and it's only used twice. So, But so, And as I was thinking about this, this makes it really confusing because we, in our language, in English, we have one word for love. That's it. So I love ice cream, but I can't really describe my love of ice cream the same way that I describe my love for my kids or my husband or God. It's all a different, I mean, we wouldn't like, I I love pizza. But there was a season where I didn't like pizza anymore. But we use love. Well, I used to love pizza, but now I don't love it anymore, so it's, it's gone. We use that same verb to say, well, I love my husband. Oh, well, maybe not so much anymore. Whoa, you know, so that, that's just, that. anyway, I thought that was very interesting. So, but what I want to talk about today is what the Bible refers to um, love in 1 Corinthians 13. does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love doesn't seek the things of God. Love is not quickly angry and does not keep a record of wrongs.
1: Love does not delight
0: in evil but rejoices, rejoices, rejoices together in the truth. Love bears all things Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. So love never fails. Um, what's interesting is I grew up in a... Um, I've t- I told you guys before that my parents are deaf. And when I grew up, I didn't realize that actually my dad's family grew up in a Reformed church and my mom's family grew up Baptist but because they were deaf, there wasn't places that they could go to church. And during that time, everybody went to church. When I was little, I mean, everybody went to church. Whether or not you um, felt strongly about your faith was not the point. You still went. And so we went to a Lutheran church because they had an interpreter. So they had somebody who could sign. And... Um, But I didn't really um, come to know the Lord at all uh, from that experience or from going to church. I didn't really get a lot out of that um, because it was just a tradition. It was just a um, a rote thing that we did. But I got involved with a group at at school that um, they were uh, Campus Life Youth for Christ. I don't know if anybody knows that. But anyway, so I went to this Bible study one time, and they gave me this Bible. I still have it. And we sat and we learned um this scripture. We learned first Corinthians and I marked it up. I thought that was the most important passage in the entire Bible. I thought, I mean, I started, I wrote on the side, love never fails, this is what this means, this is that important. And I say that because what what um first Corinthians thirteen says I kind of used that as this is the model for perfect love, even as a child. But if you go on in that same scripture, you'll find that it also says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child and I thought of it as a child, but when I got older, I put away childish things. And I didn't, I was a child when I read that, and I didn't really understand how um, that was a portrayal of how God loves us, that He is patient. He is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He's not proud or rude or self-seeking. He loves us. And, and that, that was the model of how we should love other people. And I think when we talk about happy family, and family to me is not only the people who live in your house, but it can be your church family, right. and it can be your extended family, your biological family that doesn't live with you, those are all key components in your family. And, and God's modeling this for us. And um, I missed that, being the child that I was. I, now, I was 15 and knew everything. I really did. I knew everything. But I couldn't read that and understand what it was. I was more like this. So I was more on the ego side. I did, you know, what's important to me, what what, what I need comes first. Um, I I hope that my needs are before um, everybody else's. And I'm just being real honest with you. I you know I was I was a teenager, but it didn't stop there. I I, I ended up getting married, and um, I carried that. You are gonna do First Corinthians 13 for me. Like, and I'll make sure you're doing it right. Forget that whole part about don't keep records of wrong, you know, make sure you're doing it appropriately. And, um, and that's really how I went into my first marriage. It's how I looked at my mom. And, um, it wasn't until later when, um, I, I found out from the Lord, and this is I'm sorry, this is kind of hard to see, but I'm just going to read a couple of them. When I, when I came to know the Lord, I figured out that um, the first thing on there is, I would say, I can't figure things out. And God says, I'll direct your steps. In Hebrews you know, 3, 5, and 6. And I would say, I'm too tired. And God would say, you know what, I can give you rest. In Matthew. Um, I would say, things are impossible. And with God, all things are possible. You know, he has an answer for every situation. And I came to know the Lord, and I got saved. And out of that, you know, really happy family to me is you knowing who you are in the Lord. You receiving what God's love is for you. You having that poured into you. Because then comes the command to, to walk it out. And... um Um, And and it's interesting, because I I was thinking, well, so so we know love is all of these things, so what is the opposite of love? And I found this this, uh, saying, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness, it's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy, it's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death, it's indifference. That really spoke to me on a level that I had not realized. You know, when when you love somebody, you're nice to them. When you hate somebody, you're mean to them because you're hurt most of the time, right? I mean, that's, that's that's all wrapped up in there. But when they don't matter anymore, when you write them off, that's actually the antithesis of love. And when I, when I was talking with Pastor about what to um, share with you today, um, he said, you know, there's some different things that have happened in your life and, and maybe you could share one of those. And, and one of them I want, I want to share too. And um, one of them is, um, I, I've talked to you before about my mom. And my mom, when I was um, 17, she um, had an affair, and she left my dad. And I was very angry with my mom. And um, but later, you know, I just realized that there's probably more going on to the whole situation than I realized. And um, but I still held in my heart a judgment about her, and I was still angry for a long time. And she would take care of my kids, and and um, when they were little, and and she would do things. But eventually it got to the point where I just i started to just push her away because she was really too much trouble and just didn't want to deal with it. And really, I stopped caring is what I did. I stopped caring about her at all. And um, I became indifferent. And even to things that were going on in her life, it just didn't matter to me and I was a Christian. Didn't I mean it did you know, in the guilt sense and, and duty sense I needed to take care of her or do something or I needed to buy her a Christmas present. That's probably the only time I saw her. And uh um but there were things that were going on in my life that were kind of falling apart. And I had the situation with my daughter and I had some stuff going on and, and so I did some healing restoration, which um here at New Day is where you get together with another person and you just ask God, you know, what are areas of your heart that he'd like to heal? And, um, and actually, huh? a, trained person. a trained person, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> a trained um, person who would just say, you know, let's walk through this. And then God directs the, the meeting. And um, I actually was having an issue here in the church. I was feeling very much like I was um, not valued that I wasn't a valuable part, <laughs> um, that I was, as long as I would cook at the potlucks or organize them, then they'd want me, but that was the only place that they had for me. And um, so I believed this lie from the enemy, and um, I, so I had gone in because I, I didn't want to feel that way about my church. I, I didn't want to feel that way about, about my family at church. And God said, well, actually, the problem isn't with the church. The problem is with your mom and um he and he just gave me a choice you know god doesn't God doesn't force you to do anything. He gives you a choice and and you know it it's it's interesting because God does give us choices. He said you know you could forgive your mom and receive freedom, or you could hold on to what you're holding on to, and you know lugging around that weight was was getting pretty heavy um, you know i I just, I just, I felt like this this morning and I'm just going to interject this. It, not too long ago, I was um, in a class, a government class, and the teacher is not a Christian. And, um, but he knows that I am. And we were, uh, he was talking about, he always talks about current events. And there was, I think there was something. Uh, something where a Christian was doing something really wacky, you know, and he's like, oh, those Christians. And, and I said, well, actually, that's not what it says in the Bible. And he goes, well, you'll have to tell me about that stuff because I don't know. So I'll just refer to you. And I went, and, and I can't remember what he said. He made some comment about the Bible. And immediately God said, and I shared this with this guy, I said, you know, what's interesting is in America, we pride our freedom, right? Like we're, we love to be free. But how are we guaranteed that we're free? Anybody? The Constitution. The Constitution is the set of rules that guarantees that we're free. Well, as a Christian, we get to be guaranteed our freedoms too with the Bible. The Bible is our set of how can you be free of sin? How can you be free of guilt? How can you be free of shame? How can you be free to make choices and live in a way that you can be happy? It's through the Bible. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, God gave me a choice, and I chose to forgive my mom. Now, I didn't instantaneously change my relationship with my mom, but it started. It started a change, and it started happening over time that I, when I would go and see her, that I could have compassion, that I could be kind to her, that I could um, not demand my way, but ask her what she needed. You know i could um look at look at the injustice she was facing and be angry about it and and try and make sure that she was getting the things that she needed and I could pour out to her and I could truly love like God loves because because. Because faith in God gives me access to Him, but love allows me to imitate Him. And so I can be loving because I know my source. God pours into me and I can pour out. And what I realized, you know, all these years I I judged my mom for not doing the things the right way. She didn't, you know, she didn't do this the right way or that, do it the right way or whatever. And the other day I was over there. I went over to my mom's house and, and was talking with her about a situation. I'm trying to help them with something. And, and all of a sudden, I looked at her and realized, you know, my mom's loved me unconditionally my whole life. I treated her badly, and she took care of my kids anyway. And when I go over there, she's happy to see me, even though I treated her badly. I judged her for not doing it the right way, <laughs> when in essence she was always doing it right. <laughs> yeah. So um, out of that comes freedom, yeah. you know, freedom for me to love my mom, freedom to, you know, and that freedom brings happiness yeah. for me. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what a happy family looks like. I thought about this a lot. I'm like, oh yeah, let's look at Facebook. Because that's where the happy families are, right? Because <laughs> I I know when I I know if you all look at my Facebook page, you're going to say, "Wow, there's a happy family." Don't look too close, okay? Because I mean, what do we perceive happiness as? Let's not look at TV. I mean, we used to have the Waltons, at least, you know. And I'm not sure they were always happy, but you know. Um, and you know the the other story I just felt I really wanted to share with you guys is one. Um, I was married for, I was with my ex-husband for was um, the time I was 17 until, we were, we were together almost 20 years, and, um, and through the course of our marriage, um, things fell apart, um, they fell apart badly, and we were, we were serving the Lord, um, we were going to church, but there were um, outside forces working against us in a lot of ways. And um, one of the things that, that, ha, that really took a toll was there were some abuses that were happening. Um, my husband was um, abusing things, and they, they just took a toll on him and our relationship, and, um, and we ended up divorcing, and I did it. And uh, I just couldn't be there anymore. And, and so we got divorced, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, because God hates divorce. Well, actually what I heard was God hates those who get divorced. Um, and, and what I understood about divorce and understood what God had to say was, you know, he, he hates that. So you shouldn't do that. And, and I really was into a place where there really wasn't a lot of options. I mean, I could have stayed, but there was, there was things that were really bad. And, um, fortunately, I'm just going to put a kudo in for pastor Cameron, um, I went to him and, and he helped me um through the whole process. He helped both of us. He you know, he tried to help both of us. But uh when it was all said and done, he gave me an amazing article about what Jesus really says about divorce. And um it's a good read if if you're interested, but um that he doesn't condemn us. He doesn't like divorce, he hates divorce because of what it does to families, because it wrecks and rips apart and then there's things that are hard. There's two separate Christmases, and there's this, and there's every other weekend, and there's you know the ones not accessible to your family. Those are the reasons why he hates it. He doesn't hate me. He hates what it does to the family. But um, when I left, um, I had I had some friends really encouraging me. Thank goodness they were there because I wanted to say he did this and he did that and he was terrible and look at all this stuff. And I didn't ever do that in front of my kids because I didn't want them to ever, I didn't want to make them think anything about their parent. They could think all on their own, you know? I mean, kids know. Kids know what's going on. You don't have to point it out. You don't have to persecute them. But I still felt very strongly that it was all him, okay? He did. And he did. He did a lot of stuff. He did a lot of stuff. And um, through the it's been, it's been several years, and um, he doesn't see um, my two youngest boys who live at home. He doesn't see them very often. And he's come, because of some of the things that have happened, he's come under some real health issues, and he has some, some serious, serious health issues. And um, so he doesn't see the boys at all. And, and one day I just felt really like, and don't think, Oh, Kathy, you're so good. Mm. I, it was, I, I felt very strongly that my boys needed to go and visit him for just a few minutes, even if it was just to say hi. So I drove over there, just a surprise visit, because his living situation is such that um, if we plan something, it gets messed up. And, and so this was a better, better way to handle it. So I went over there and just said, Hey, go in there and visit for a little while. I'll just sit in the car. And they came out and said, hey, he wants me to stay for a couple hours. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'll come back, you know, in three hours or whatever it was. And I left. And God said, you know, it's great that you have the front to show your boys that, you know, everything's fine. And that you, you know, don't harbor any feelings, he said. But you do. You know, there's still stuff in there. And so I spent some time praying and asking God, you know, like, what, what he would want me to do, because I, there was a, um, a pastor once, she said, she said to me, you know you've truly forgiven somebody when you can sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. I'm like, Ooh, well, I'm not having coffee with him, so there's obviously something more going on. So anyway, um, God led me through some stuff and and I prayed through it. And then when I went to pick up the boys, I said, you know, can you guys just wait outside for a minute? And I went in and my husband's name is John. And I just said, you know, John, um, I am really sorry that you're going through what you're going through right now. But more than that, you know, it takes two people to make a marriage and it takes two people to break a marriage. And I did my fair share of, Stuff. and i need you to forgive me It was the hardest thing i think i've had to do and he was gracious and said you deserve to be happy and i am sorry that i did all the things that i did and i mean we didn't hug and all that kind of stuff but there was wow the wall came down and you know that display of forgiveness not only allows me to imitate God and show love to him, but it shows my kids, you know, when I really am saying, you know, I'm really sorry that that's happening to your dad. It's coming from my heart and not just my head. You know, it's not coming from a place of, of um, not real you know, it's real. It's real when I say you need to honor him. You need to, you know, he had some good things. And, you know, and, and the other thing that I just think is interesting is you can look back at a situation and you can only see the negative and you can make that situation be horrible. You really can. Or you can choose to take a higher road and look back at the things that were good. Because it doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do my kids any good to say, oh, yeah, we had a miserable life. Yep, when we were living over there and we were all the, it was horrible. That's not the truth. There were positive things, there were good things. And so for my kids, it's good to remember those good things. It's good to remember the things that are positive. It doesn't mean that the hard things didn't exist, but it means that I'm going to choose to not let the enemy stop me from looking at the good, you know? And um, so, um, so how do you have a happy family? I think you learn how to receive love from God. Sorry, I never saw that before. Um, you receive from God. You really receive from God. You, you receive His love, and then you imitate Him, and you pour out love. And one of the keys, I think, is forgiveness. Yeah. You know, and in 1 Corinthians um, 13, it says, you know, it does not keep record of wrong. Uh, you know, okay. how long is your list? Yeah, how long is the list of wrongs? You know, can you just make it a short list? Can you get rid of a few? And I think that's freedom, when you can have just a very short list or no list. And you can be free to love people the way that God loves them.